1: With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
0: In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now.
1: This is your Packers update, the Daily Cheese, brought to you by Packernet.com and powered by Overtime Media. The Daily Cheese is a collaboration with the Packernet Podcast, hosted by Ryan Schlipp, the Pack Daddy. And I am your host, J.J. Leahy. Before I do anything else, let me make sure that you are aware that kickoff time for the game has changed. Breaking news. The Packers-Falcons game has been moved to 8 o'clock Central Time, or if you're in Eastern Time like me, 9 o'clock. Devontae Adams is confirmed out for tonight's game against the Falcons. Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley for the Atlanta Falcons are in. Christian Kirksey and Al Nazard are on injured reserve. Mercedes Lewis is doubtful with a knee injury. He did not practice all week. I would be shocked, shocked, I tell you, if he plays this week. Jair, Deguara, and Kenny Clark are all questionable. Deguara seems like the least likely of those three to play. He was limited in practice. For Friday and Saturday, did not practice on Thursday. Kenny was limited in all three practices. I think his odds of playing are low, but not non-existent. Jair was full participation on Thursday and Friday, did not practice on Saturday. He's struggling with hand and knee injuries. Rashawn Gary seems unlikely to play. He was limited most of the week, did not practice on Saturday. And then bizarrely, Darnell Savage is listed as unlikely to play. I don't have any information right now what is wrong with him? He has not appeared on the injury report all week up until today. The Packers are extremely banged up right now. Next week we get a bye. I think it's likely that a lot of these banged up players do not play tonight and instead are given this week and next week to recover. We should be at near full strength when we face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in two weeks. So I just have to re-record this whole next segment because I just got done saying that the Packers probably were going to elevate Reggie Bagleton, Billy Wynn, and Tipicalaya from the practice squad. And I gave you all the breakdown about whether I thought Reggie would play tonight, yada yada. Breaking news the Packers elevate Reggie Bagleton, Billy Wynn, and Dijon Scuda Harris instead of Tipicalaya. Harris is an inside linebacker that we signed a few weeks ago. This makes sense. We're missing Kirksey and Kamal Martin. We don't really have great options at inside linebacker right now pretty much relying on Oren Burks and Ty Summers. I expect Harris to be the third string inside linebacker behind those two. So let's go ahead and talk about Reggie Bagleton, because that's the big news. Reggie truthers everywhere unite. Here's the problem. He's probably not going to play many snaps. We're most likely to see him on special teams. Now, Reggie clearly got the nod over somebody like Robert Foster because of his knowledge of our scheme and our playbook just between you and me, I don't think Robert Foster has the ability to make any kind of an impact right now on the offense at all because, although you've all seen his highlight reels and it looked impressive and you feel like he's a really fast guy who can catch some beautiful balls, he doesn't know our scheme at all. And our scheme is entirely built on timing and precision. Do you get frustrated watching guys like Darius Shepard, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, or Jay Sternberger not be in the right place at the right time? You notice that when Rogers throws a ball to Devontae, somehow, his accuracy is just perfect and it happens to hit Devontae exactly where he is. But he underthrows or overthrows MVS all the time. That's MVS's fault. He's not in the right place that he's supposed to be. We know this because the wide receivers coach told us. We know this because Matt LaFleur told us. So, this puts Robert Foster at a terrible disadvantage. I'm not saying he can't contribute at some point in the future, but right now, his best effort is going to be spent learning the scheme, learning the playbook, learning the timing, and being in the right spot where Aaron Rodgers needs him to be if he wants to catch any passes. As for whether Reggie Begelton will see the field at all tonight on offense, as opposed to just special teams, that's going to come down to his ability to run block. Virtually non-existent run blocking skills in training camp, but that doesn't mean he can't do it now. And Reggie can run a very pretty route. I do hope that Reggie sees some time tonight. He will only see time if Rodgers and the floor think that he has what it takes. But he could absolutely fill that role that Alan Lazard fills of being that big target on third down. Run across the line to gain and stop, turn around, grab a ball real quick, keep the drive alive with a fresh set of downs. At the end of the day, though, Reggie was probably activated as a precautionary measure, depth in case of injury to our other receivers. And we do still have three tight ends. That would be Robert Tanyan, Jay Sternberger, and John Lovett. Remember, we are missing Deguara and Mercedes. Begleton is the only practice squad wide receiver who has had any time to familiarize himself with our scheme, with our playbook. The idea that you're going to call anyone else up there and put them out on the field and have them in the right spot at the right time, connecting with Aaron Rodgers. Really, it's a waste of time. The final thing to keep in mind here is that Reggie Bagleton, Robert Foster, Jawan Winfrey, Caleb Scott, these guys would be absolutely dependent upon to run block. That's a staple of the Matt Lafleur offense. He would rather have somebody out there who can run block, or he'll give your spot to somebody else entirely, whether they can catch passes or not. Again, we have four guys that the Packers do feel confident in, and we have three other running backs, two of which are elite pass catchers. Is tonight the night we finally see A.J. Dillon make his big debut? I hope so. One other interesting note, punter J.K. Scott did not practice on Saturday. He's questionable with an illness. Let's be frank here. I'm sure he plays. This was two days ago now. The Packers have not made any move to sign another punter temporarily. I did some research. I'm not able to find any examples of Mason Crosby punting in the past. Let's be clear. This could be a very harrowing game. The Falcons have an explosive offense. In fact, I predict the Falcons will take an early lead and dominate for quite some time. The Packers may not retake the lead until the third quarter, in fact. However, third and fourth quarter collapses are absolutely a staple of this Atlanta Falcons team, especially their defense. Green Bay is the better team here. They should come out on top, and I think it'll be a very high-scoring game. For all the talk by the media that the Packers have no weapons right now to throw to, I think 45 points is absolutely doable. 45-38 45-38 to 38 is my official prediction. And the Packers limp into their bye to nurse their wounds and come out firing on all cylinders against the Buccaneers. Here's one thing the Packers have going for them, in case you're concerned about this being a trap game. The Packers know that they are banged up. They also have massive beef with the Falcons. Aaron Rodgers surely wants to settle the score from the 2016 championship game. Matt LaFleur is a former quarterback coach for Matt Ryan and the Falcons. It would be humiliating for him to lose to them tonight. Additionally, the Falcons are terrible at running the ball. They also have a very poor pass-blocking offensive line, which should provide Zedaria Smith the opportunity to get home. So, like I said, don't be alarmed if the Falcons jump out to an early and large lead. This game is very far from any kind of a sure lock, but victory is surely within reach for the Green Bay Packers. That does it for today. Try and stay awake tonight as we watch this ridiculously late game. For more in-depth analysis and a look at Packers strategy, make sure you're subscribed to the Packernet Podcast, hosted by the Pack Daddy, Ryan Schlipp. Keep up on all the Green Bay Packers news by going to Packernet.com and join the Packernet Podcast group on Facebook. My name is JJ Leahy, and this has been The Daily Cheese, your Green Bay Packers
0: news update.